Welcome to Sunshine Graces with Podcast Snob. My name is Sister Ave Clark. I am a Dominican sister from New York. I am happy you can join me today. Hello, everybody. Today is Podcast Nun. Today we have a very special visitor, Eric Clayton. Hi, Eric. How are you today? Hi, sister. Doing well. How are you doing? Very good. Now, I'm going to ask Eric to introduce himself, and he also has a podcast, too, which he'll tell you about. So go ahead, Eric. Say what you like about yourself and your podcast. Sure. Awesome. Thank you. Well, uh, as you said, my name is Eric Clayton, and I am the Deputy Director for Communications at the Jesuit Conference of Canada and the United States. Um, I'm also the author of a new book, Cannonball Moments, Telling Your Story, Deepening Your Faith, all about Ignatian spirituality and storytelling. And as you noted at the top, uh, the Jesuit Conference has a really great podcast called AMDG, uh, a Jesuit podcast. You can find that wherever you get your podcast. Uh, and on it, we, uh, we invite all sorts of different folks that uh, have some connection to Ignatian spirituality um, or the Jesuit uh, family writ large. So various um, you know, business leaders and, and theologians and, um, and athletes that have been trained on the Jesuit schools, uh, as well as thinkers and authors and, um, and, and Jesuits themselves who are uh, doing work uh, that really helps to manifest Ignatian spirituality uh, to the world. It's a lot of fun. We have a new episode every week. Thank you so much, Eric. And this Dominican sister was educated by the Jesuits. My father used to there say, if the Jesuits had a religious order of sisters, I bet you would have been one. Well, since they didn't, I became a Dominican sister who was educated by the Jesuits. So I love them and I love the spirituality. Now we're going to begin today, podcast none, thinking about that everyday grace. So here's your first question, Eric. What was a time in your life that you learned a lesson of compassion? Yeah, that's a great question. And, um, you know, I, I, uh, you know I, I could easily, like, go back in time. You know, I'm 33 years old, so there's, like, you know, 33 years times however many hours in the year, right, of, of learning compassion. But I have two young girls, two young kids, right, um, uh, one four-and-a-half-year-old and one two-year-old, and I feel like that is my daily lesson in compassion. Um, and and most, uh, most obviously those places where I fall short, you know, I, I, you know, you know, kids, they're always running around. They're always, um, you know, trying your patience, uh, but they're also just being kids, right? And they're just trying to learn who they are and, and who God's inviting them to be in the world. Um, and those times when I, when I, uh, you know, just, just the other day, you know, I got a little out of, uh, I got a little angry cause I, you know, trying to move things around and get things going. And, you know, one kid is hurt and the other kid's kind of in the way. And I, I may have raised my voice and the look in my daughter's eyes that, uh, how, how saddened she was by, by this little sudden outburst of anger on my part, um, reminded me that this, this isn't how we relate to one another. This, this, this isn't what I want to teach my daughter, right? And so I, I went and, and uh, I sat down and talked with her and said, I'm, I'm sorry, it was, that, was, that was my mistake and, and here's why. Um, and, and she said, you know, Dad, it's okay. It's okay. Um, I, uh, I understand. And, and she gave me a hug. And those little moments, you know, when you see in a child, right, the, the willingness to forgive and to start over, even while the tears are still in their eyes, um, you know, it's just a lesson, I think, to, to me, certainly, but I hope to all of us, as we think about um, what it means to, to be compassionate to others, to show love and mercy and forgiveness, most of all, uh, and to ask for those things when we fall short. Because, you know, certainly, God knows we all we all do that, that thing where we let anger kind of uh, uh, get away from us, uh, as, as I did with my daughter. 
Oh, that was, oh, I wish you could have seen me and the folks listening. I was like, that is such a tender lesson about compassion. God bless you being a dad. Well, <clears throat> I'd like to share about 18 years ago, I had given a retreat to eighth graders, six hours with eighth graders. And I remember the boy when he met me at the beginning, he didn't realize I was the nun that was going to give the retreat. And I heard him saying, I can't do it. I can't do it. And he happened to look at me. He didn't know who I was. But he had a name tag on that said, Michael. I said, Michael, what can't you do? He said, lady, I can't sit all day listening to a sister talk holy. I said, don't worry. I said, I'm the sister. He went, oh, no. I said, and I brought donuts. I brought donuts with me. He said, oh, I love the retreat. This is before it even began. Well, at the end of the retreat, he walked me to the car, and he says, thank you for the retreat and the donuts. And I smiled. Little did I know. That 12 minutes later, on my way home, I would be hit by a 120-ton locomotive train, which left me in the hospital for over a year learning to walk again. But I remember those get-well cards from those 8th graders. Don't worry, sister, you'll get back up again. We never forgot, sister, the day you came. You not only brought donuts, you brought your love for us. Also in the hospital, there was a man named Robert, and I call him the man with the mop. Every morning he would come in the room and he'd mop the floor up and look at you. This one morning he saw that they left <clears throat> my tray just out of my reach and he pushed it toward me. Then he saw I needed some help. He said, what may I do for you? I said, could you open that box of Rice Krispies for me? He did that and then he went to pour the milk and I said, wait till you hear they go snap, crackle and pop. He looked at me like, uh-oh. Well, we both listened, our heads to each other, the man with the mop and Sister Ave in the bed. I heard snap, crackle, pop. I said, Robert, did you hear that? He said, no, Sister, I heard something else. I said, what did you hear? And he smiled and he looked at me, and I heard compassion. Sister, I heard faith, hope, and love for you. So I think just like your children and the man with the mop, there's a lot of compassion out there in the world. Now, the next question for you on Everyday Grace, Eric, is in life, sometimes we get to choose some of the time, maybe most of the time, how to respond. So what do you think about that question? How do we choose to respond? Yeah, I know it's a good question. I, you know, I, we respond to compassion. I, you know, I, I think at our best, right, we respond to compassion with compassion, right? We respond to love with love. And I think in, in some ways it, it can be contagious. You know, when we see, um, you know, such a generous response, you know, we want to give generously as well. And, I, again, I, you know, I go to that story of my daughter, you know, who, who surprised me. This isn't the first time we've had this kind of, a, you know, kerfuffle, if you will. Um, and we have to kind of look at those in the eyes and, and ask for forgiveness. But I, I am always uh, just, just really struck, overcome really, when, when um, she responds so generously and so immediately, this you know, little person, um, saying, it's okay, it's okay. Um, so I think that's what we're supposed to do too, right? And that doesn't necessarily mean that uh, when we respond, it's okay, I forgive you. That that all is you know forgotten, or that we that we um, you know don't want to then make up for the, the mistakes that we've made, or, or that others have made. Um, you know, I think that um, you know forgiveness is, is a process, but reconciliation is a process uh, that leads to that compassion. It's ongoing and and, and uh, ever deepening. Um, so I think it, so I think the response is twofold. I think we uh, we respond generously. Um, but then we commit to the, the work of, of, of compassion and, and, uh, and, and what it will ask of us as, as we continue to deepen um, these relationships. 
I like that, that we respond twofold. Now, in my life, I was a special ed teacher for many years, and I have to tell you, I learned an awful lot about God in that room. I remember this one day, my students couldn't, they were 16, and they were reading at a kindergarten or first grade level. So I would tell them about God. And one boy says, you know, you know, sister, I'm glad I'm handicapped. And I thought, gee, I said, oh, yes, why? He said, you know, God put more in my heart than he did in my head, and I think that's good. And as I looked at him, I thought, you're so right, because if we don't have love in our heart, all that we have in our head won't matter. Then another boy said, I told my friend who was crying today because he's disabled. Don't worry, God is disabled too. Look at him on the cross. And again, we'd all look at the cross in the room, we'd bow our head, and I would think, these special needs students taught me a lot about what it means to be God's love in our life. So I'd like to ask you now on Everyday Grace, what life lesson helps you to be a person of peace, hope, and joy in our world? Yeah, you know, I, um, I worked at Catholic Relief Services for many years, and I got a chance to talk to a lot of uh, folks that work in peace building, right? The, their, their professional job is, is building peace. Um, and I was writing about this in, in my book, Cannonball Moments, uh, and, and about how for so long I wanted to be I wanted to have peace in my job title, you know, to be someone who was a peace, you know, quote unquote, peace builder. Um, and, and, and the more that I, I talked to these folks and the more that I read, you know, there's some great books, you know, Henry Nowen has a wonderful book on peace. Um, the more that I realized that it's, it, it's not a job title, right? It's something we're all called to do. We already have the job, right? If, if so to speak. Um, we've already been invited into this, into this, this work of peace and joy and hope, as, as you say. Um, I think we have to choose it. We have to, to recognize it. We have to make it real and manifest it in our day-to-day. Um, and so I think, I think for me, you know, it's that very simple kind of, um, uh, kind of uh, just, just slight shift, right, in, 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 uh, in, in disposition from thinking, oh, peace is something um, that I will get that job eventually to, oh, no, no, peace is, is part and parcel in all that I'm called to be. Uh, it's, not a, it's not a job description. It, it, it's a way of life. And I have to begin the work of, of trying to, to live that. There it is. Boy, I I hope everybody heard that answer today. It's a way of life. Now, what great virtue do you think is not just important, but necessary in our world to create this peaceful world? Yeah. You know, um, I've been thinking a lot about storytelling, um, because again, that's what I I write a lot about. Um, And I think the more that I think about it, you know, storytelling, it sounds very trendy, right? Oh, you tell stories, you know, ways of, of, of sharing a brand or, or moving a product. But really, you know, storytelling, uh, it, it really is an act of deepening faith. Because as we tell and share our stories, we're, we're naming the fact that we have something worth sharing. And we do, we all do, right? That sometimes we, we pretend that we don't, but we all have something worth sharing. And, and in the act of, of sharing our stories, we're looking for God, we're recognizing God already at work in, in our lives, in our life stories, right? And, and if we do that in ourselves, if we recognize that we have stories worth sharing, that we have been made in the image and likeness of God, and that we um, are still experiencing God, still you know, at work in our lives, then that's the same for other people. Right? Every single person has that same experience, that same calling. And so I think then we, we can uh, assume a disposition of, of, of curiosity and wonder and awe at other people's stories um, and, and a desire to share and learn from and I think that's, that's what that, 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 you know, makes relationships flourish, that gives us a strong foundation for, for peace in, in our world and, 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 and justice and forgiveness and understanding of one another. So I think it's in those simple things, that, that desire to, to 
in our world and the conflicts and the hate, I can't do anything. I don't, I'm not a, a diplomat or a, a negotiator or, or any of these things. How am I going to affect peace in our world? But really, we should just be looking to the people around us in our immediate communities because those, there's, there's people there who have stories they want to share uh, who have, or, or who have stories that no one has asked to hear. And that's, that's where we can begin this work of, of peace building uh, and, and, of, and nourishing one another in our, in our common, our common uh, humanity, our common home. There's the answer to our common humanity and our everyday place. There's a lady in the supermarket. I usually meet her every other day there. And she says, oh, I can't wait to do something nice today. So what are you going to do today? And she says, oh, the same thing. I'm going to let somebody go ahead of me on the line. Now, it sounds so ordinary and simple. And yet, when I get outside, I smile and say, you know what? I'm going to do something like her, too. So our examples lie in the stories that we could share with one another. Now, what gives you an incentive, not just to be peace, but to search for it everywhere? Where are these signs of peace, faith, and hope coming alive in you, Eric? Yeah, I mean, a couple of things. I think, uh, you know, uh, an obvious thing is, is I have these two young girls, right? So there's a, I have a vested interest in a world uh, that is more peaceful than uh, than where we are right now. Um, the other thing I think about too is I, I'm currently uh, praying with the spiritual exercises of Saint Ignatius of Loyola, and as you as you come into that deeper understanding of, of who Jesus uh, you know, was and is, you know, in his time and in our time, um, and, and, and and Jesus' desire to go out and, and and be peace to people, to, to to show God's love, to show people a new way of being. You know, I think that there's a lot of strength in that prayer and that prayer experience. Um, you know, uh, spending time, uh, you know, with God and, and finding God in our lives and, and, and discovering who Jesus is, and then, you know, bringing that into our world, you know, for other people. And I think, again, not to keep borrowing from Jesuit, uh, Jesuit lore, but that's, that's what contemplation and action means, right? That we spend time observing and praying with our lived experience, the raw material of our lives, and then we go out and we and we do something with it for the good of other people and, and, and for God's world. And I think that's, um, you know, that's, that's, I think, one Well, I could hear that Jesuit spirit in you, Eric. So our question now is, name a person or persons who have changed your life for the better. Well, I feel like now I should say, I should say a Jesuit um, uh, based on that. But, you know, I, I mean, I think the most obvious answer is, 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 uh, is my wife, right, is, is, a, is, a, is a partner with whom I am able to walk through life and, and, and kind of test these different you know, theories about, about what, what is important in life and how should we respond and, and to, to draw strength and to give strength, um, you know, from one another. Um, and again, to, and hopefully in, in our best manifest, um, you know, God's community, you know, uh, for, for the world. Um, you know, so I think that's, again, like, again, I, I think these, my answers are very simple, right, and very basic and obvious in a lot of ways, but sometimes that, that's exactly where we should be looking to, to find God. Um, so I, that's my answer, I think, uh, again, and, and um, Well, that's a beautiful person, and I can see that that connects you to the heart of love and the heart of faith that you certainly have shared. I'd like to share about a person named Arthur. I did write a book about him called Arthur, Thank You for Being Jesus' Love. I met Arthur years ago in an evening of prayer, and he came up to me and he said, my name's Arthur, could I help you give out your papers? I said, thank you, sir. So I gave him the papers, he went back to his place, and he just counted them. And I saw somebody from the parish come over and say, oh, Arthur, can I help you? And he gave them the papers. He looked at me, he said, look, everybody's helping me now. 
It ended up that Arthur had schizophrenia. This was a disorder of his mind. But he was one of the most wonderful, kind people I ever met. If people made fun of him, he wouldn't give it back to them. And one day he said, do you want to come with me to the prayer garden at my church? So I picked him up. I said, oh, Arthur, I can't wait to go to the prayer garden with you and pray. And he looked at me and said, oh, sister, you don't pray at a prayer garden. So I thought. I said, what do we do there? He said, sister, you listen to God comforting you. And I never forgot that. From this man with schizophrenia, he knew if we listen to God, and God is everywhere, just like you shared today, Eric. God is in the trees, the flowers, our children, our wife, our family, our community. But God is also in the places that sometimes we might overlook. So if you could have one wish, Eric, what it, would it be right now, today? <laughs> I, I, well, I, um, I have a lot, of, a lot of wishes, but I think, you know, just from our conversations, the thing that comes to mind is, is this... <clears throat> you now to share what is the name of your podcast so anybody who's on everyday podcast none today might click into yours sure yeah so our podcast again sponsored by the jesuit conference of canada and the united states is called amdg uh colon a jesuit podcast amdg being admiral de gloria uh, for the greater glory of god not a great jesuit expression so you can find amdg the jesuit podcast on any uh on any uh podcast app um, I also invite people to check out my book, Cannonball Moments, Telling Your Story, Deepening Your Faith, uh, just published by Loyola Press uh, earlier this year, all about storytelling and Ignatian spirituality. Well, you know that I certainly will share about that. Well, this was Every Great Days today with our wonderful new friend and guest, Eric Clapton. Mm-hmm.